0: Yeah, hello and good evening to D4Chain Tech Talk on the 21st of October 2021. DC, good evening. How are you tonight? Hi, Mark. Fine. Perfect. Perfectly.
1: (laughs) Really great. Uh, Still a special setup today. (laughs) Your background is not the the known one. Not uh, the normal
0: one. Yes, we had to... Everything a bit improvised tonight, but we wanted to bring you the latest and greatest uh, of the development around the updates for the new hard fork. So we said, let's do that, even if I'm not in Singapore tonight. We brought a couple of guests. I think it's our largest tech talk that we've ever had this year so yes. we have to juggle we have to juggle with all the people who are coming on the show tonight and all the screen shares so guys out there if something doesn't go 100 percent smooth please uh, yeah my apologies up front already we're gonna try to do our best we've got some limitations with the software but i'm sure the content is far more important than to have a perfect setup tonight I would say we jump right in and introduce all our guests tonight. Yes. Let's do that. Let me see. Where are they? So they are all hiding here on the next scene. Here they are already. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you tonight?
2: Hey. Good to see everyone again.
0: Hey. So cool. So cool to have you. So we've got. We've got. Uh, on the bottom left corner we've got um, Yusin, everybody knows Yusin of course already, then we've got in the middle on the um, lower row Fushing. Fushing is not the first time here as well, so he's like kind of a famous face in DeFi chain already, and then we've got more or less one of the newer additions, we've got Prasanna, I think Brasana is your first appearance here tonight, right?
3: Yeah, uh, this is my first one. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, cool. So excited to be on the show. So happy, so happy to
0: have you on. You've been in the last in the last uh, Twitter space, uh, Twitter space, with with uh, using already, where we discussed the EVM. And I think you made a really really great impression and good entry there already. But having your face on the show is really really awesome, guys. I think you brought a lot of updates. I'm sure you are super, super freaking busy the last weeks and months to get everything on the road, what you planned long ahead with the next big hard fork and with stock token trading and loans and whatever is coming. So it's really, we really want to give you the stage uh, using, maybe explain a little bit how you want the whole thing to go down tonight that people out there know what they have to expect and uh, what they have to, what they can focus on
2: sure um, yeah hey everyone yeah, the team has been working super super hard for the Fort canning uh, upgrade that we have been talking about for the last couple of weeks and uh, maybe even months uh, we are getting closer and closer to uh, to the date so uh, it's just perfect that we have this tech talk today and we're gonna uh, talk a bit on that so with me today uh, we have uh, uh, I, I have a persona with me so uh, persona is leading the blockchain engineering uh, the uh, and he's gonna it's gonna cover uh, the the progress and uh, how the testnet has been going. Uh, uh, we also seen that quite a few of the community members have also been testing uh, loans and decentralized token on testnet as well. So that's really encouraging. And thanks for uh, testing. Uh, and with some luck, getting is gonna show us some some uh, live uh, demo on testnet. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Um, yeah. So we're gonna have um, so. That's the first segment, and the second segment we'll have Fusing talk about products, the an updates on wallets and DeFi scan, and uh, Light Wallet. Or how does it go, how, how's going to look like, and uh, what what kind of uh, what, what kind of plan are we looking at for the for the loan, and how does it work, and all that. Uh, and on the third part, I'm gonna quickly talk about ticker council. I think uh, a lot of the community members have been asking, uh, so how does ticker council work? um what, what what does it actually do and um so i'm going to cover a bit of that and then the last and final segment which i think is the most important which is q a so we're going to really focus a lot of that uh in this show so keep the questions coming uh lord mark and DZ help us to uh, collate those questions as well and uh we'll take them uh, so we hope that we can answer all the questions uh tonight um tonight in singapore but yeah so we can uh hopefully clear everyone's uh um questions on um, on Fort Canning and Decentralized Loan
0: and okay. Stocks Token. Sounds good. Yep. So a, a lot to discuss. So we, we're going to focus about uh, on an hour. Uh, most likely we're going to overshoot slightly, but let's try to keep it crisp and exciting. And yeah, uh, who wants to start? Then we try to change the scene and jump into the next setup. Prasanna, you going to start with your part?
3: Yeah, uh I can take it away from here.
0: Uh okay, thank you. Thank cool. you, Yusin. Let's jump uh, yeah. let's jump over to your screen share and see. So Fushing is still here, Fushing is in the background. We didn't we didn't drop him out, but we cannot display him right now on the on the screen, but he's still here. Cool.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh thanks. So before we start, I think uh you know, using sort of covered there's been an great deal of work that has been going on. I think the team has been working really hard. Uh, but I also want to thank the community members there because uh, I think even though our testnet has been breaking over the entire last week, people have still been you know testing that, making sure uh, that they provide us feedback. I know it can be very, very difficult to test in this early stage when things are ba- breaking, but I uh, really appreciate the help that they are doing. Um, so with that, um, I think uh, some of the quick updates on the progress is Testnet has been, uh, it's been resetting over the last week, but loans have been stable in Testnet for the past two days. Uh, but the Testnet Explorer is completely out. So people who are looking at the Testnet Explorer might see completely random blocks there and then it's not working. Uh, that's something that uh, we are fixing, uh, but it'll take a couple of days before it's it's on the right chain uh because since this is a massive upgrade I believe that after the DEX introduction this is probably the next very large upgrade that we are doing so testnet Explorer is going to take a few days before we can get that up and running meanwhile it's all going to be on the command line on the command line the uh, the loans part has been working perfectly well uh so yeah to start off with that I think you know we just go a short walk through on what the loans are, how to actually use it in the command line. Uh, Hopefully not a lot, except for the developers. I think everybody else will want to wait for uh, the UI, which will happen shortly as well. But Fusing will cover more on that. Uh, But meanwhile, for people who want to test, just want to give a very, very basic overview on what the loans are. Uh, Okay, so I think let's uh, go ahead and get started. Uh, All right, so uh, I have DefiD d running uh i apologize if the text is very small uh, but what i'll do is i will just go in see if okay so i think this is probably not going to be very visible for everybody but let me quit this start everything from scratch okay so All right, so this is D5D TestNet. I think most developers will be able to identify this. I'm just starting it out. And uh, all right, bingo. So we have it up and running. So let me just check DeFi CLI and get block count. So let's see where, okay. I believe that's one of the more related blocks. Uh, all right, so for loans, um, one, the first, I think the most preliminary concept that we have uh, is everything that you want to do with loans, you're going to first create a vault. So the vault is sort of the defining boundary on where your collateral loans, everything is going to be. Uh, so nothing beyond the vault. It, it, it's the vault garden beyond which you know, your loans will not pass. Uh, and any collaterals that you have on your addresses will not be affected at all. So the first basic steps are you create a vault, and then once you create the vault, into the vault you deposit whatever collateral that you want to have, and then based on this collateral, now you can take out loans and you pay back. Everything is going to be, all of it is going to be based on the vault. So uh, that being the very foundations of it, let's actually go ahead and create vault, Uh, but I'll pretend... That i don't know anything about it and so i will do the help uh okay so help is going to come up with a bunch of different things and let's say uh you know for developers out there let's just do walk so we have a bunch of different things that we have vault on it so the key thing that i'm interested in is going to be create vault. so there we go uh has some examples uh i think because of Christine screen contra- constraints, it's gonna be a little bit tough to go look at all of this, but uh, you know we can probably skip all of that for the sake of the conversation. So here, if I CLI create vault, and then what this is is the owner address and then the loan scheme. So now we have something called loan schemes. So let's actually go ahead and look at that. Uh, let's say scheme. And uh, so there's a bunch of different things. So here, lo- list loan scheme is I is the one that i'm going to go ahead and then you know let's look at what they are right so basically it's going to lift a list all of the loan schemes um so let's try that okay so what we have is we're seeing a bunch of different loan schemes which id and then the mint collateral ratio is the collateral that you need to have the minimum that you need for taking out the loans anytime it goes below this collateral your vault will go into liquidation. And then the collateral pot, uh, whichever is, uh, as long as uh, it satisfies the collateralization ratio, everything else will be taken out and then they will be auctioned. And then people can you know, go bid on that auction uh, or wants to buy the rest of the collateral. So that's a very basic fun- fundamentals of it. Here you can see what the minimal uh, collateralization ratio is and then the interest rate for this particular scheme. So these are the bunch of things. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't suspect anybody will be using this. Uh, it will all be packaged in a nice UI that fixing team will be coming up with shortly. Uh, but for creating today, we need this. So let's go back to create vault. So what we need is a owner address and then loan, uh, and then the scheme name, the loan zero zero one, which is what we saw here as C one fifty. Which let's go with C one fifty. Meanwhile, uh, address. Okay, so let's have a look at what is the balances that I have. Uh, da, da, Okay, that's a very, very nice portfolio, I think. Uh, let's just look at what it is. Okay, there we go. Uh, we have quite a lot of good chunks. It's a very, very nice portfolio so if anybody else wants to have this portfolio you know please reach out to us come become you know let's let's work together if you're an engineer if you're curious about this portfolio you want to have it you know so you know where you know who to reach uh all right so back on topic uh great world so let me pick out the address that has this so this is the address that's going to have this and let's say i'll do scheme 150 and uh, that's the all there is to it so now we have basically created this vault. so this transaction is going to take a couple of seconds to actually get through uh meanwhile what we can do is just to look at all of the vaults that's there in the entire blockchain so list vaults is the command that Kind of gives you an overall listing of what are all the vaults in there and then you can see what's what's the vault id owner address and then loan scheme uh, so this is essentially everything that's on the blockchain right? this is not just your vaults uh, for your vault the team will be again you know they will come up with some improvements uh some ease of use for this uh, although most people are probably not going to care because they be end up using the ui anyway uh, so, but here, if I want to look at just my vault, uh, you know, so there's another command where you can do get vault and then basically what you need is the ID of the vault. So, um, since this is going to take a while, I think I should have, this looks like my address. So I believe this is an empty vault that I just created before the talk. Okay. Yeah. So this is the one. Um, so now let's say get vault and the vault ID. Now I'm able to see the vault that's been created. C150, and then one address, blah, blah, blah. And then you have what the collateral amounts are and what the loan amount is if you have taken. Right now, we have not taken any, so there's absolutely nothing here. Uh, and so let's just do that. Let's go ahead and deposit some collaterals.
0: And that, surprisingly very, very short question, Prasanna. Right. So creating a vault costs nothing. And I can... Oh, tr- yes. Or are there some costs attached to it? So could I just create like 1,000 empty vaults? Or is there some mechanism in the background that avoids that somebody is doing this?
3: It's a really good question. Uh, thank you. So creating a vault has very minimal cost to it, which is it's, it's essentially going to require two DFI and UTXOs. That's, that's there. But the cost itself is just going to be one. The moment you create a vault, one DFI is going to be burnt. Uh, which is essentially the fees for the vault. Mm -hmm. And the other one is gonna end up showing as, uh, end up adding itself as a collateral. And it'll stay in that vault until you close the vault. Uh, So whatever collateral you deposit, you would be able to take it back, but this one DFI will still be in there. And for that, there is another command called close vault, which is once you're done with everything, once you have paid back the loans, once you have withdrawn the collateral, then you go ahead, close it. At that point, you will get that one DFI back. Um, so I, this is essentially because vaults are something that takes up uh, that the network needs to handle handle it. So uh, there is a cost to that, which is essentially what this DFI being burnt is utilized there for. Uh, OK, so now let's get back to it. Let's say help deposit vaults. Let's do that. Uh, deposit to vault Okay, so here we have a whole bunch of things. Let's see, okay. So basically the simple signature is deposit to vault the vault ID, and then the from and to amount, right? So, and from and to is gonna be somewhere on this form, on a DFI, whatever it is. Okay, let's go ahead, do just that. I pass it to vault. this is the Vault ID, and uh, okay. So and then we have the address, which is gonna be, okay, so that's the address. And now let's do the So all I need is, let's say, let's do 1000DFI. Okay, and uh, that's about it. So now we have to wait for this transaction to actually get done. Uh, and the, the way that uh, you usually do it, people can use uh, you know their get transaction to see how where, where it is. Uh, you can also just have a look at the vault itself, or get vault that'd be good uh okay all right so that's the collateral amount uh now i can't actually go and take a loan at the moment until this transaction actually goes in uh meanwhile we could probably just look at you know so get vault is the one and then uh you know you can have a look at some of the other ones which is what we'll be using is basically take loan which is again going to be very similar the vault id and then two is going to be uh, you know which address do you want to take it to and then it's going to be the final amount it's going to be fairly straightforward and take a loan then that means immediately once right after that transaction is done you will end up getting uh, the loan in your uh, in the particular address and then you're good to go after that Uh, you can deposit to the pool um, uh, which come which actually comes down to you know we can also have a look at let's say uh Let's pool pairs, see what are the things that are actually in there. In the testnet, we do have a bunch of different tools. So this is for Facebook and the USDT, And uh, so Twitter, we have a bunch of different pools here. So pool is something that you would need in order for you to uh, swap your stock token into anything else uh, if you would want to convert it into DeFi. But as a part of Fort Canning release, we also have composite swap in there, uh, which is again, which is a new uh, RPC where uh, the the previous one was called pool swap. Now you have another one composite swap where you can just go from Google directly to uh, DFI. If you see here, there'll be no Google DFI, but if you do a composite swap with Google to DFI, it'll just work because you have the Google BUSD pool, and then you will again have BUSD DeFi pool. So it'll automatically do that. You don't have to work, be worried about it at all. Um, so um, now, coming to BUSD itself, what BUSD is the decentralized USD token, uh, which whose value is always going to be on one. This is the DeFi t- chains. Uh, what we currently have is the USDC or USDT, which is some, which is something that everybody's aware of. What they are comes from the other ecosystem and it's backed, but these are purely decentralized. So people can take, again, people can take loans on the USD and then put it into the pool. And that's an economy that can keep regulating itself on it in a completely decentralized manner. Um, And that's essentially what is used for, uh, that backs all of the loan tokens, uh, no matter which token that you're taking and however swap you do, internally it will be utilizing uh, the DUSD ones. Okay. Um, meanwhile, hopefully the transaction is actually okay. now done. Right. It uh, transaction so maybe, actually
1: maybe done. Yeah. Maybe one question to the wall. So uh, a lot of people are asking, can I put collateral into an existing wall step-by-step and can I remove it also step-by-step step? or is, or must it be done with one uh, transaction? Yeah. So, Uh, For example, if the DFI price increase, the collateral ratio also increase and you want to remove some part of the collateral, is it possible?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good question. So in fact, I can just go ahead, do the same thing again. Uh, If I want to do another 50 or 500, uh, let's do BTC. Let's do, let's say two BTC. Uh, okay, so now here comes the interesting part. So, whenever you have a vault, that's the main condition, which is fifty percent of the vault is going to be DFI. Yeah. Right? So Too as much long B2C. as you maintain, <laughs> yeah. as long as you maintain that, your you can uh, you know take out anything else that you want. That's not that's not already locked in loans. As long as you mm-hmm. don't have a loan, which that collateral is already being utilized for, it back. You can keep depositing as many times as you want. There is no restriction on it even after you take a loan you can continue to deposit collateral and take back the excess whatever you're not using uh-huh. uh hopefully that answered the question uh okay so now we have about uh da, da, da. okay so we have about thousand dfi in there so uh now i need to deposit pdc uh now i I actually this is a very ad hoc demo. I actually don't know what the price of the pool pair currently is. a uh. well, small <laughs>
1: number zero point zero one or something yeah, like that.
3: Uh, yeah. Let's see what it's there should we go. Work. <laughs> yeah, it should work. All right. So that's the BTC again. Uh, okay. So get vault, it'll well take a, a little bit of time. So meanwhile, you know, I can just go ahead and construct uh, something for the loans uh let's go ahead and do that let's say uh loan so basically it's a world id and then uh, essentially whatever loan that i want to take so in order to go through what are the loans that you want to take a couple of quick tips is you can do uh get loan info so this is something that uh, it's it's actually quite a large output so apologize if you're not able to follow this on the screen. Um, but basically, this has the loan tokens, the collateral tokens, the schemes, and then what is the total collateral that's there in uh, in the ent- entire ecosystem. So it's just a one nice API, uh, one call where you can sort of visualize all of this, uh, although I believe the team should be uh, you know, refining this a little bit more so that it's not too noisy. Um, but this is one. Another one that you can use is list collateral tokens. Uh, So this is basically the tokens that currently are allowed as collateral, and you can see that's going to be, at the moment on testnet, we have DFI, BTC, and then EAP. And the factor is the one that determines uh, what is in the calculation of collateral ratio what is the factor in which it's used. So on testnet, so these are not the real numbers that'll go on mainnet. Of course, you know the community and the technical council will have to decide what these what the right numbers are. Uh, I think Usen can cover that a little bit more later. Um, but yeah, for testnet, ETH is 0.5. So uh, you know it's uh, if you if you are depositing ETH, then you will have to deposit a lot more to satisfy the collateral. So that's collateral tokens and then same way you have list loan tokens. And uh, now these are, the, I believe, the more interesting part. So you have BUSD, and then you have Twitter, uh, Facebook, Google, Tesla, Microsoft. So these are some of the things that there's, we just put in there as seats. So let's go ahead, take a loan. I think the transaction should have hopefully gone. Oh yeah, there it is. All right. So let's do take loan and, ID. We'll e. Let's do a mode. Okay. So, all right. Any suggestions on what we want to take? Something within thousand DFI. Thousand.
1: Hmm. Some Google. One
3: Google. Um. Okay. I think that should be. Let's just do point five. Just to restart. safe. <laughs> uh, all right. I think on Google it should be there. So uh, I'd say yeah, you know, perhaps right after this I can also go say what yeah. how the prices are that we can look at. Okay, so there we go. Amount.
2: Okay, all right. There's an S, I guess. Amounts.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's amounts, right. yes beauty of live demo <laughs> on an early product. Okay, so there we go. Uh, I think they were uh, uh, Yeah, hello, it's now done. And uh, let's wait for this transaction to be done. I think it should go fairly fast. All right, uh, yeah, okay. let's just wait a little bit. So Ma-
1: meanwhile- Yeah, maybe. Maybe a similar question here. Can I also change uh, the amount of the loan later on? So can I pay back a part of these Google tokens, for example, 0.1? Can I uh, mint more if the collateral ratio allows it? And also can I change the loan scheme? For example, I start with 300% and then the collateral goes down and I want to change to the 150 that I will not be auctioned. Is it possible to change all parameters and then running loan?
3: Yep, actually, pretty much. Uh, I think that's a fantastic question. You can pretty much most of the things that's in there, uh, as long as it checks out in the sanity factor. Uh, so, for instance, as long as your collateral ratio is satisfied, uh, yeah, you can you can take out more and more loan as you go, and then you can pay back more and more. So loan schemes uh, loan scheme change, exactly the same thing. As long as you have the sufficient collateral for it, you can go ahead and change uh, the scheme. And uh, if you are going from a lower collateral to higher, you know you need to put it in there, uh, mm-hmm. put it, make sure that collateral is there, and then switch it. If you're going from higher to lower, then at the end of the day, your interest is going to increase after that. Uh, you know you just end up paying back more. But yes, you can you can do that at any point in time, unless and otherwise your wallet is in liquidation. Then you know a lot of these things are sort of paused until uh, those are gotten out of it uh but yeah I think that's a more complex scenario where there are going to be a lot more caveats uh, I think you know we'll, we'll sort of document there or if there are specific questions then we'll take it there Um uh, meanwhile okay so okay there we go we actually have loan is done and uh yeah um okay so meanwhile I think uh one of the important things that I would like to just touch on here is how is the how does the pricing actually happen i think that's one of the key things uh that we need to understand so the way that we're doing pricing is uh oracles are consistently publishing the prices and oracles uh, at the moment i believe they're publishing every 15 minutes or so Uh, and again these are parameters that the community can change uh, and in fact i believe it also be decentralizing it even more bringing it by governance uh, after the food canning update Uh, but now the oracles are publishing the prices and then each of these prices gets aggregated and now the aggregated price is locked every single hour so every 120 block window roughly every single hour so 120 blocks you have the lock and that is basically you can even List price, and these are the ones that I suppose the community should already be familiar with. These have been there for quite a while. Uh, But now the newer ones that we are introducing is uh, list fixed price interval. Uh, Fixed interval prices. That fixed interval price. So here, one of the things that you can actually see is, um, yeah, so the active price block, this is the one where it gets locked. That's essentially where the current pricing is. And then this is the next price block, which we'll get to in a minute. So now what you see here as the price, active price is the one that was set in the block that's active during this period. The next price is something that we already know in advance as to what will be set during the next one hour block. So these are, uh, I think this is a small difference in where how the you know rest of the markets work as to how it's on the blockchain. Here, we have introduced the concept of active and next price primarily because we've been trying to solve what is some of the biggest challenges people have been facing with loans and crypto market itself and as we looked at across the ecosystem i think maker is one of the good examples where liquidation has been a major major problem where people you know vaults end up getting liquidated and people don't have a lot of time or uh, you know ability to change that within the time window and it, a lot of this can be surprises right so one of the things that uh, we recognized early on is that okay you know we want to have some sort of comfort on for people who are taking loans, and so that they don't have to think that oh, you know, I don't know when my wallet would get liquidated. So that's so now you have a uh, active price, and then the next price. And what happens is for every for every time you'd see what is, is valid equals true, uh, what that basically means is if there is extreme volatility, now the blockchain will actually post that price and pause some of the new vault actions like taking a loan for that time being until the price volatility comes back to a little bit more stabler uh, stabler rate. And what that means is very specifics at the moment, if the price difference between the active price and the next price is gonna be beyond 30% plus or minus, then the vault will just pause. Uh, And now this is specific to the vaults and what tokens you have what collateral tokens you're using, what loan tokens you have. And it pauses. And the moment that price stability comes back up within that 30%, and 30%, again, is going to be a variable uh, that can be set through governance that the community can decide what is this safety factor. One of the key things that it does is it provides this, uh, it, it provides a little bit more time and sanity where you know what the next price is going to be. And if there is a crazy jump, it'll just pause until things stabilize. So you, meanwhile, you can come back in, fill up your collaterals if you need to, and uh, you know figure out what are the actions that you need to take at that point in time. And the other reason that we also have this mechanism is to uh, to actually handle distributed system errors if there are if there are failures in terms of oracles. Now this again gives you a larger window. Uh, ideally, there shouldn't be. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to design it for assuming that things fail, right? So, and uh, this this is something that gives us that that ability where before, if there are failures, usually they are one-off failures here and there, and this already nullifies it because you know those failures won't even show up here because uh, those one or two numbers will not be able to skew this uh, system in, in the meantime. So uh, that's the very gist of active price and next price mechanism and um okay so this is basically what the prices are used for and uh, now we have the loan so we actually have the loan token um so the token should now be in my owner's address okay now i kind of recognize uh i should have before the demo, I should have pulled it into a new uh, address because now it's just going to be all sitting in, the, in my same address, so it's not really going to be. Uh, yeah, it's you know the new Google is right <laughs> here. Uh, just a nice portfolio there. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, all right. I, I think hopefully that just gives a you know quick gist of what this is about. Uh, but then yeah. again, pay loan is the payback loan is the same thing, uh, but. know uh, maybe if we want to see more of this we can uh, continue with the rest of the talk and then if we have time if somebody's interested for us to you know pay back and then go more we can go into that after that
0: cool fantastic so then we're gonna switch over to fushing next Mm So um, uh, Mark, or I I, do, yeah, I
2: do think you, we can take some questions first because wanna some, do questions uh, first okay. Okay. okay okay let's do this first let's okay yeah. let's
0: let's let's get out of the screen share that we get the better or do you think we need the screen share for the questions we can always jump back okay here you are yeah cool.
2: maybe I'll just read them
0: yeah, let or me know. I, like can, I can I can fla- I can flash them on the screen if you just point out which one you wanna address. Then uh, I'm very happy to to put them so, on the screen. Yeah. Let's so try think... to
2: cover all of them if if possible.
0: Okay, sure. Let me know which one you wanna start with. I think if you
1: were answered during the the demos or regarding the walls. Is it possible to add remove yeah. uh, a collateral also for the loans? Uh, we answered the questions. Um, maybe. Toby uh, is asking for a euro ticker uh, symbol or a token uh, I think yeah that, or,
2: that, that that that's a possibility but it will be dependent on uh, the ticker council uh, eventually to, to list it or not so because yeah. as it, it's gonna function the same as other stocks token as well yeah
1: so I think that was all um regarding the question um i think right. the, the, oh. the the procedure is more or less clear now uh, even the demo is very hard for everyone out there using a gui so it will be more comfortable don't be afraid it will not look like this um uh, what should we have in mind now so it's possible to create a vault where you put a collateral you can create out some loan schemes from there and everything is flexible so that you can change the amount the schemes put back some collateral or even the, the minted token. So that is what I now take as lessons learned here. Um, and then Fusion will help us to make it accessible for everyone. So with a nice GUI that, um, yeah, it's, it's usable. Yeah
0: absolutely there that there, there's a very interesting question from max lauer I don't know if we can if we can address this at the moment it's pretty hard to see here uh, yeah. max says um, can you elaborate how the collateral auction will work because we heard a couple of times already it could be that you are uh, that you are, you are under collateralized and it's gonna be auctioned off what's the procedure behind how how can we Assume that this is going to happen.
2: Um, I think we can take that at the at the Ticket Console section because I do have okay. a part of the document to cover that. Yeah. Okay, but perfect. Good. Then
0: we put it back to a later stage. Okay. So uh, what are the questions? Uh, DC, do, do we see something that we want to cover now? Or is this all stuff that we can discuss later? Uh, then? The rest is
1: not on the topic of the current uh, loan and vaults. Okay, Fantastic. So I would shift to Fushin.
0: To Fushin? Uh, okay, good. Then let's go over to Fushin. So let me just exchange. So we're going to put... Prosana, sorry, we have to send it to the green room. <laughs> <laughs> then we bring, then we're gonna bring use, then we're gonna bring Fushing in here. Here he is, and we have to exchange the screen share as well to. Where is Fushing's screen? Here we go. Fantastic. Okay. Let's go, buddy. Looks good.
4: So hello, everybody. So this is uh, October. So I guess this is the October edition of the DeFi Chain product. So this week, covering wallets, DeFi scan and loans. So how does loan look like on the GUI side? Yeah, that's what we're going to cover today. But I think the first thing that I really want to talk about is DeFi scan. So I think most last, especially the last few weeks, we're going a lot of iterations upon the DeFi scans. We finally have a homepage. We finally starts showing transaction in details. So now we can actually uh, sort of see how each tokens uh, move, how each H uh, D L C get created, how each transaction move, how each pool pass transaction travels from so. So this is what DeFi scan was uh, created for, and we are sort of approaching that target, and always continuously trying to iterate to a better uh, scan of what uh, DeFi chain is about. So. Recently, we introduced a homepage which uh will be iterate upon and when the uh decentralized loans actually comes in, we are going to features how loans will look like and how different bots and different compensation cost- rates looks like uh on different loans that different uh, users within DeFi chain actually took out. And within the transaction page itself, we also start viewing individual transaction details. So currently, I think we have more than nineteen transactions covering from. Uh, pool liquidity, account to account movements, and different uh, various aspect of the DeFi scan. So yeah, and also search functionality. So I think saying all this is uh not really helps. So which is why I actually prepared uh sort of a demo. So the demo it's sort of covering what I meant by this kind of updates because it's hard to really see them unless I actually show it to you. So. We have the blocks page, we have the scan page. So now you can actually uh, search, let state. say, uh, let's say I want to look at the Genesis block. So we can do that. And you can see the Genesis block. So now all the transactions can sort of backtrack all the way to Genesis. So one of the transactions that uh, we have actually in our space, so we have the UTXO layer and we have the accounts layer, basically the state management. So you're looking at those. Uh, set Oracle data. So how does the Oracle data comes in and how does the Oracle data enter into the ecosystem? So with that, how does the loans price, uh, when taking out loans, how does your vault price, uh, how, watch which Oracle influence the vault price. So now you, with the transaction ID itself, and you can actually see the Oracle setting the data that ultimately influence the aggregated data of that loan. So that is for set workers. Then after that for next we have actually the pull swap. So this, um, yeah, so you can actually see during this transaction that happens uh, October 21st, which is quite recently, you can see that someone uh, do a pool swap from DFI to LTC with the max price. So now you can see that. Then you can see someone adding pool liquidity. So uh, pool liquidity has been added from this, uh, this share into DFI into a BTC share with this uh. Ratio. And now you can see account to account transaction. So from to and amount being moved from the account to account. You can even see, uh, so it's not just for DFI. So let's say we have a uh, BC being moved. You can see, and also, you can actually look at when someone says that this transaction ID, you can actually see like the movement between the transactions. Yeah, and even masternode creation, you can see this masternode being created with 20,000 DFI being logged in. I think I think the last one, uh sort of the HTLC. So what I think ultimately what DeFi scan is about is actually like scanning the idea of what is actually happening in the blockchain. So a transaction comes in, but a transaction is always linked to the previous transaction and always linked backwards. So you can the ledger continuously change back to the Genesis chain. So let's see the HTLC you can actually click on the HTLC transaction to look at The summit HTLC transaction. So, someone offered this and someone got claim Then you can obviously go back to see the offer transaction and see someone making making the offer for that current offer. And the offer itself is then created by this offer, which is for one BTC and the expiry of 3,000 3, blocks. So, that's DeFi scan. So, ultimately, that's where we are going to and how we are going to iterate towards that idea of. Ability to see the entire DeFi chain ecosystem within one page. But yeah, so that's it for DeFi Scan. Are right, moving on? Is DeFi Chain Wallet? So where are where are we today? So DeFi Chain Wallet, which was released today, so we added the unified DFI layer. So what this means is, uh, we simplified the UTXO and DFI auto conversion. We also introduced the biometric authentication since the last time we spoke and also like an app knowledge base of roughly what DFI is about and how to use different features within DFI. So, constantly trying to listen to what the community says and trying to improve on the app and ultimately make the whole DeFi chain experience easier to use as we progressively improve on the features. while all this doesn't really uh, shed light on what you're going to look at but so we should, we should just go and jump straight into the decentralized node what personality China shared trying to share for 40 minutes, essentially could be compressed down into 10 screens. So that is the idea of building products. So blockchain is difficult to understand, especially when you look at the transaction idea and look at how everything moved within the ledger. But the product side, we try to make it easier for you to understand. So within this 10 set of screens, it's briefly going to describe the experience that you will real- take on when you use the decentralized loans on the DeFi Chain wallet. So as Persona mentioned, so when you don't have a VOT, you create a VOT. So the action will be very simple. So whenever you create a VOT, you can choose your collateralization ratio, which then uh, determine your interest rate. But there's one thing that he didn't really mention, which is the scheme. So different VOTs can subscribe to different schemes, and different schemes have different collateralization ratio requirements, which therefore have different interest rates. Once creating that vault allows you to then deposit your collateral into the vault. So that's the next screen. So this is a vault. So you requires collateralized to use the vaults. So you have to then add collateral. So if you created a vault that requires a hundred fifty percent collateral ratio. So if you want to take up let's say one dollar of USD you have to collateralize $1.5 worth of DFI, for example, to then take up the load. So once you hit below that collateral ratio, you will go into liquidation risk. So that is the idea of the board. So let's say you want to add uh, one DFI and one ether So the action will be very simple, we'll just be entering the amount. As long as you have the amount within this wallet, then you can continue and create a transaction and broadcast that transaction in the light and in a seamless way. And finally taking out loans. So once you have the vote and you have the vote created, you can take on loans. So loans will be displayed in a screen once you once you have the vote created, you can sort of browse the different loans that you can create create. And obviously each wallet itself can have different votes. So you might want to have different vote, votes for let's say uh, one vote, you want to use it for uh 150 collateralization ratio. And another one, you use that 200% collateral ratio. So you can have different scheme, and then your different votes can have different uh, scheme and different factor. So within this vote, let's say the users deposit 56% DFI, so you can actually do a quick understanding of what these votes have. So there is the collateral ratio of 400%, which is considered safe. Then this is made out of DFI decentralized and then back a PTC and then we have an active loan of Tesla. So this ratio is deemed 400% even safe. So then we have an indicator that shows that. And then how much your loan worth and how much your collateral worth. And finally, yeah. So that you can also look at the current price of the, so as, as I said that each moving window in the, Decentralized loans has a one-hour moving window, so we sort of implemented this uh, design that Persona mentioned, which is so this is the current price now, and when you click on the next price, what will your collateralization ratio looks like in the next hour? So you might want to then, let's say, add collaterals, or remove collaterals, or repay loan, or borrow more. So as you can see, you can add, add collaterals, repay back the loan, borrow more. So yeah, as long as you don't go into the 150% ratio, you will consider safe and you can continue the action, you can remove and continue the model. So as the price continuously shifts, you can perform the action as in which uh, you think that best suits your uh, loan application. Yeah, so that's about it, mostly for the fashion wallet. And the loans, uh, I mentioned that it will not come out to support the full note desktop wallet, however, Once you take out the stocks on, once you take out the loan, the loan itself can be then deposited to the pool which is the decentralized exchange. So on the light wallet and the desktop wallet itself, the moment we have it out, anybody can trade decentralized Tesla stocks. So yeah, so that will come pretty soon. So the stocks trading itself will take place on the existing decks that we already created on both full desktop wallet and the light wallet. So. We are looking at some, somewhat of a mid-November timeline We they started building the UI as the protocols has started to stabilize and test, testing has undergo. So yeah, we're looking at somewhat uh, estimated timeline of maybe mid-November. Yeah, that's about it for DeFi chain and products.
1: Great. So oh, a lot of people like the UI. So <laughs> <laughs> I have now a better, a better feeling what uh, the loans and walls looks like, uh, not the command line thing, <laughs> which is uh, really hard to understand, but th- it looks awesome. Right? It's, it's great. Uh, looks uh, nice interface, everything uh, more self, more or less self explaining.
0: Um, great. Do you see, I, I, I see this pattern, right? They they, they play this always, always very, very smart. First, they let last time they let Yusin play on the command line. Now they do let Prasanna do the hard, hard work on the command line. And then Fushin comes in like the knight in the shining armor and says, guys, don't worry, we've got you covered. We built you a nice UI. It's all gonna be so easy. I see a pattern there, absolutely. <laughs>
1: So maybe one question from the chat just right now. Yeah, Um, you mentioned that on the desktop wallet, the loan will not be available. The question now was: Dex is available. Yes, will it also be possible to liquidity mine on the desktop wallet if I buy the tokens?
4: Yes, so you you can do that. So because the the Dex is built on the same Dex that we have, so we don't need to introduce any new features on the loans. Uh, on the desktop wallet, So, yes.
0: Fuxing, a uh, short question. You said when you showed the different vaults and you said this vault is considered as safe. So, it, are there kind of tags that tell you this vault is safe, this vault is not safe, this vault is super dangerous? Are there different criterias? How are they are going to be tagged?
4: Yeah. So, right now, we are designing, especially in the sense of highlighting at-risk um, vaults and moving it up. So whenever you look at your vaults, so obviously what I'm saying that the device chain uh, wallet will support this uh, experience. On the DeFi scan itself, we also will support this idea of looking at your own vaults. So you don't have to open your app, you can actually look at it from a decentralized perspective, directly unlike, let's say, a, a phone that is not connected to uh, private keys. There can you can actually actively monitor that, that vault and see the ratio and see whether you are at risk. The same API will be then exposed to anybody that want to build uh, application on top of that. So if let's say you want to monitor uh, your collateral ratio and get a daily update, someone can just use the API that we're going to be exposed pretty soon to then just send you a text message. So yeah, the community can, so, can develop however mechanism they like above the decentralized loads.
0: Understand? Okay.
4: Cool.
1: Yeah, so I think Telegram bot is coming for everyone.
0: One hundred percent. Cool. Good. So much more insight. Fine. So, what's next, Yusin? Last part. Your part. All right. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, let me try to take this quite you quick will. because it's been quite a long session. You yeah, need to share scre- my screen as well.
0: Scre- screen share yeah. as well. Okay. Let me try to go back here on the screen share. Then we're gonna exchange the screen share here.
2: Hey, yeah, should I should I put the fusing session at the final one so that you can end up with something that's more graphical? <laughs> yeah, so okay, so today I'm gonna talk about Ticker Council. I mean it's a, it's a question that a lot of people have been asking about it. Um so we're gonna share this document uh afterwards. But uh so Ticker Council was part of the D that was uh put in I think a couple of voting Rounds ago, maybe like three months ago, or something like that. Uh, there's a link here. Um, the the key idea is that the council is, in, is interim, so it's not meant to be permanent. It's only there for us to uh, to get it going, and then for us to understand the economy and how how it behaves, and then we can. Uh, the eventual goal is to bake all of these in uh, to be run by Masternode so that no so that the council doesn't have to uh, manage this. So um, yeah, so if you want to see a bit on that, um, it's on here, so 202106. So in, in June, we have, we have put in put this in. Yep, so just a quick recap as well uh, on what uh, Prasanna and Fusing has covered on how uh, loan, how decentralized tokenization and loan uh, works on DeFi chain. So on loan part, to, to start a loan you're going to open a vault and then you're going to select the loan scheme uh, and then you can then add collateral so dfi bitcoin uh, usdc and usdt will be the initial ones uh, and dfi has to be more than 50 percent of total collateral's worth just like Prisana, um, uh demonstrated just now um yeah and you can then take loan in any of the loanable tokens so uh, uh yeah also known as loan tokens so DUSD will be. A, uh, you can also take out DUSD as well. It's a it's a stable coin that's always worth a dollar, and you can also take out other loan tokens as well, like uh, Tesla, like gold, and other tokens that that uh, it supports. Yeah. So uh, on liquidity mining and Dex, this is basically we're gonna. It's gonna be using the same DAX as we have today on crypto, so users can participate in liquidity mining on DAX to earn reward. Um. Yeah, and the rewards will be similar to the DEX of today, you just pay out uh, every single block and the pairs that are available will be uh, DUSD to DFI and then any other loan token to against uh, DUSD. So one example, is tesla to DUSD. Uh, on how you can get the DUSD, you can either take a loan or you can also just, if you have D- DFI, you do, you do not want to take a loan because loan incur interest. You can actually also just buy it off the DEX itself because there's a USD and DFI. You can just purchase it directly. The same thing I saw well with Tesla. So you do not want to take out loan with Tesla. You can also just buy it off the DEX as well. And then you get DUSD and Tesla, and you can actually just start uh, staking on liquidity mining and earn rewards that way. So a bit on DEX reward, uh, there's also a DFID that covers that. So all of these has been um, kind of like a plan accordingly um, for us to get to this stage. So uh, we allocated a block reward for, for decentralized tokenization. So uh, in this uh, DFIP it says that there will be 100 DFI per block from Yonos. So it's going to be less now because uh, we always based on when we start the, the countdown on the, on the reduction. So I'm just going to use 100 DFI per block as an example. So we're gonna have a separate pool, hundred DFI per block from Unos, and then uh, the ticker council will then decide on how to split the rewards to all the pairs. Like, there's that some discussion as well by the ticker council like should it be spread, split evenly, uh, or should it be split according to some algorithm uh, uh, some some parameters. But we're gonna, uh, I'll talk about that uh, shortly later. So also to note that this is from the cryptocurrency uh, liquidity mining rewards of today which is started at 103.1 um wait on this one so yeah so hundred three point one on cryptocurrency liquidity mining and then the um the stocks one will be 100 dfi per block of back data from you know so there will be separate uh pools so they don't mix and on liquidation uh so Persona has demonstrated there are three prices on every single ticker. So there's a current active price and there is a next one which which is two which is gonna be locked in every hour on the next update. So and there's a current one, which is basically just a live ticker price. So the reason why this is done is so that it's to add some sanity to all this uh crazy system that's going on. So it gives confidence to the user and predictability of what the next prices will be. So, so you know so there's less of a price shock. So you know that the next hour, this is the price it's gonna be, you know before that, you know an hour before that. So what the next hour what the next price is gonna be. Uh, and then once that's out, so the next the, the previous one that's been staged would now become the current active price, and the, the new one will be the will be the current active price from uh from the last one. So I mean, in a way, you know what the prices will be for the next two hours The the, the one hour will be the current one and the, the one after that will be the next hour's uh, uh, price. So it gives some sanity to all this thing. And uh, also, if you if you are like taking a loan in a very, very close to liquidation to really maximize your leverage and everything. It also allows you a one hour of a nap time. If you need to like catch some naps, uh, you know, that that hour you're not going to get liquidated. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, when liquidation occurs, vault is locked. You can't use it anymore, and auctions is triggered. And when auctions are triggered, auctions take place for six hours, seven hundred and twenty blocks. So when auction triggers, it usually uh, it's usually pretty juicy for the community to bid on it. The purpose of auction is basically to recover bad loans, to recover assets that are that are uh, that are lost, so that uh, we can even up the uh, everything again. So remember that our loan is always over collateralized. So you're going to take the collateral, um, put it, uh, I mean, the, the auction will take the collateral, put it on sale, and uh, and the bidder will then put in the, the loan token to buy the, the collateral. It's usually coming to a discount because it's over collateralized. So next part I'm going to talk about, I uh, hope that that gives you an idea about about loan and decentralized tokenization, so we're going to talk about what the ticker council do so there are five functions of ticker council uh so one is determine which are the tokens that are loanable and determine the, the interest rate for each loan token determine the loan scheme if, if there need to be any changes and uh, determine liquidity mining rewards split for each pair and uh, suggest New token listing for possible future listings, and the initial idea is we should meet once every uh, two weeks initially, uh, especially during early stages of launch. We want to make sure that everything is stable. Um, we then see if it if it's somewhat uh, stable, then we then we can reduce it. And obviously, I mean, uh, the goal is eventually we want to make it. Uh, we want to do where we take a council. So it's only I want to remind that it's only an interim solution. So excuse me so determine tokens for loan so ticker council should be deciding the loanable token based on the following criteria Like we can't list any token that that committee won uh one of the reasons because we need to have stable price feeds from the oracle so ticker council should refer to the price feed that's available uh on chain which DeFi scan provide a ui too you can you can look into that and based on the historical price (coughs) excuse me to see how stable it is. And if it's stable for the last, let's say, couple of weeks, then the accounts can decide that, OK, we're going to list that token and uh, the community can start taking loan on that token. And obviously, we also want to make sure that, and the should also make sure that uh, the token is popular. We don't want to list some token that's obscure and no one knows about and doesn't create any interest from the community. So the second part is determine loan token interest rates. So when the loan tokens are listed, we need uh, the Ticket T- council needs to decide what is the rate for each loan token. So they are going to be default to zero percent uh, at launch. So all loans will going to be zero percent. Um, and the criteria on to increase or to decrease the interest rate, uh, it's based on the <clears throat> how how far the token is traded on the Dex against the market price. Um, if you look at the economic side. The loan token anyone can create it out of uh, just by locking a collateral, and then you put it on the dex. And the trading on dex is independent on the actual token price. So there has to be a mechanism to to kind of like bring the token price to the actual uh, trading price in the real world. Because then uh, then that token will then represent the actual real world price. So the uh, the way to 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 control or to to influence a certain action is by uh, by altering the interest rate. So, if the token is traded lower than the actual price, then the ticker council might want to increase the interest rate for that particular token, so they increases the um, the demand for that token. Because if the interest rate interest rate increases, then the borrower will then have to um, buy back the token plus the interest to close up your loan. So um, that increases the demand and also decreases the, the, um, the attractiveness of taking out loans. And uh, so if you want to put in um, liquidity mining, like initially, if the interest, interest rate is so low, everyone's going to say, okay, we don't have to buy token from the DEX because I can just lock in DFI, lock in Bitcoin, I get to mint this token. So why would anyone buy from the DEX? So the interest rate is the one that discourages you from always minting. So you would have to decide, okay, should I buy or should I buy from the deck? So uh, this will be the determinant factor for the ticker council to decide if a loan token's interest rate should be increased or decreased. And uh, for this, you can think about this as a micro uh, interest rate for each token.
1: Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe one, one question from yep. the community uh, was also, how is the DEX synchronized with the external markets? Yeah. Because it's independent, you mentioned. And, um, we as the humans has to do it. Yeah. We have to do arbitrage trading and the overall control mechanism are the interest rates yeah? where you can control if there are more minted or more bought on the DEX. And that's how it will work. Uh, yeah, hopefully.
2: Yep. Thanks, DZ. Yes. Yeah. So it, it will be determined by ticker council to on on altering the interest rate to to uh to encourage a certain uh, market reaction. I mean, there's a if you look at this, that's a possibility of putting it in a feedback algorithm to kind of like take the price feed and then take the DEX price and then just alter the interest rate uh, automatically. There has been some uh, protocols in the on the uh, li- larger DeFi space that does it, uh, there has been some risk as well that's involved in that in that model because uh, the DEX is um, you can easily manipulate the decks because you can just do a larger trade and then influence in a certain direction and then therefore it triggers <laughs> a certain reaction uh, by the algorithm. So human is actually a bit of a especially at the early stage we need to we need to understand how it works first. So human would actually be the one that's a bit safer. And uh, also, I also want to point out that a lot of these uh, are, um, are inspired from MakerDAO, which until today, I mean, they've been launched for many years now and probably the most stable one uh, out there in, in, in this model. Uh, until today, they're still using the, uh, the um, human uh, method. They use the DAO, so it's like the DAO you propose it and then you take a vote on, uh, on governance token of what the interest rate should be. So similar uh, model as this one. Yep, So depending on the severity on the situation, we obviously we do not want to create a a, a shock on there's a sudden interest rate. So in, interest change. So the ticker council will try to provide at least a seven days of lead time on rate changes, un, unless it's so bad that it has to be cut short. So it's not a hard hard rule, but uh, usually there should be at least a one week of lead time on on rate changes. So we'll, uh, it should be announced first, and then we'll uh, then change it um, after seven days. And on the macro side of things, so we have the loan scheme. So these will be the initial launch loan scheme. So they are in the pink paper. Um, so the more collateral that you have, the lower interest rate that you pay. Uh, the less collateral that you put in, then the higher interest rate that you have to pay. Um, yeah, so the ticker council will also need to decide if this needs to be changed, like, uh, or should we add a new collateral, or should they add a new loan scheme? Or should the interest rate uh, needs to be altered? So uh, this is more on the macro side of things. So if the loan tokens are collectively traded at lower than the actual price, then there's no point of increasing interest rate for each of the tokens. So you can just actually increase the loan skin interest rate across the board. For this will then affect all loan tokens. Uh, and if if you see that um, the that's the there's so little interest on minting token because the interest rate is so high, then you might want to lower this well to increase the attractiveness of minting tokens again so you you always have to play around with this uh, interest and uh, and for MakerDAO, so there's uh, always interest rate uh, changes uh, along the way it's not really that frequent but there are interest rate changes along the way so think about this as a macro uh, interest rate across the whole decentralized lending system and same as before there should usually be at least seven days of lead time or rate changes to prevent uh, like a shock on this, yep. So uh, yeah, so the fourth part is determine liquidity mining reward split for each pair. So we have 100 DFF per block that that is to be uh, distributed to all the uh, decks that, that are to be listed. Uh, so it then needs to be decided on how it should be split. So the Ticker Council will also decide on uh, how it should be split basically just a proportion on the share of the 100 DFI 5 per block so it will loosely based on implied volatility of each ticker um because we obviously if it's highly traded then probably the reward should be higher and if it's a more stable one uh then it should be uh less because we don't need that much that much liquidity for a token that's super stable um yeah so ticker council will then work out a spreadsheet to make this transparent and uh, share the idea on how how this can be done. And um, and um, yeah, and once it's decided, then there should, again, be at least seven days of lead time on the rate changes as well. I mean, on the reward changes for, for each pair so that um, the community has a lead time to plan ahead and move your funds uh, if you want to close a loan or move it to different pools if you want to. Yep, and the final one suggests new token listing for possible future listing. So there have been a lot of requests and members as well what what the community wants so ticket council should be gathering feedback from community and then and then um and then um the we need uh and then the the prices the price feed oracles need to be sourced and uh, depending on how stable it is it can potentially be listed in the future um future meetings from the ticket council again so the suggestion like there's no promise that everything can be listed because it also depends on stability of price feed. If it's something that's so subjective, let's say like a price of, of like a, a fine wine, for example, there's no stable market, then it's gonna be hard for us to have a stable price feed from multiple uh, sources. So it needs to be stable and it needs to be able to come from multiple sources to make sure that they are uh, widely agreed by the market as a price of that token. Yeah, that comes the end of my uh, document. Let me take any questions.
1: Yeah, I think uh, a very easy question was uh, regarding the interest. What will happen with them after repaying the loan? Uh, Will this be burned?
2: Yeah, great question. So when the interest, um, yeah, when the interest are paid back, they will be burned. So they will be converted into DFI. So if you take out a loan of Tesla. and you have to pay back the interest in Tesla uh, and the original principal amount will be destroyed because that the, the amount that you take out when you repay back, they will be destroyed. But the interest part will be swapped automatically on the Dex into DFI and the DFI will be burned. So all of these will be trackable. And this dashboard I'm sure will be able to show all this, uh, how much is being yes. burned.
1: <laughs> maybe mark you can switch the scene back to our uh, five person view. Uh, another question was regarding um the before we start creating the world if there is a possibility to choose the operator space so in the pink paper i think it was mentioned that uh, there could be different operator spaces providing loan schemes how's the current state here
2: um yeah, for the operator, there currently is only one operator space right now, which is operated by the ticker council. Uh and the idea of the direction is that stock, creating more uh operator space, why not we have one that's operated collectively by Masonode as a DAO? So I think that's the direction that I think it makes more sense in uh in the whole direction of DeFi chain in general to push this decision onto onto masternodes Uh, as a DAO. So a lot of governance decisions in the future will be collectively decided by uh, DFI holders or the DFI node. So I think that makes it a a lot more decentralized.
1: Okay. Uh, A question before, also Larry Brave, uh, so scroll a little bit up, was um, regarding liquidation, Yeah, if the complete market crashes, what will happen? Uh, The auctions, can they be run? What is... The scenario falling below the one hundred percent, maybe so. Uh, a lot of people are afraid. Well, what will happen if no one will buy
2: the vault? Persana, you want to jump in on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: At the end of the day, uh, yeah, I, I think the um, yeah, the whole economics is it's the free market economics. At the end of the day, right? So uh once if such a scenario were to happen where you're talking about you know, everything sort of crashes uh then uh, I, one you know that's a very highly speculative scenario but but I'm happy to still walk through it as well because I think it's it's important to kind of think through that exercise mm-hmm. right so uh, but like let's let's assume that happened right so now all the walls are going to go into liquidation okay so now what happens to that now there is a free market now people can go buy that and as time goes by it's on a more and more discounted price right and it's uh it's 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 very unlikely I would say that it happens in such a way that like everything crashes that does not make sense right so everything to completely crash because something has to go up right that's it the overall free market economics has to it has to balance itself uh so if things don't get Taken up in auctions for a very long time, I would expect that the discounted price in which you can get a lot of these things are going to be something that's very valuable for a lot of people, and it's, it's a it creates an opportunity in there, and but in order to overall, uh, in order to maintain that sanity, is where I think the ticker council early on comes in as well to kind of see what these variables are and what are the knobs that we can you know interest rate again like, as we talked about in terms of DEX, right? I think it's an important knob. And again, uh, one of the things that I also like to look at is all of these knobs, it's very, all the pieces are in there to automate in the chain as well, but we don't specifically do it uh, because of, uh, you know, the human factor being in there is that sanity check for us to, uh, even at least in the early stage, to learn all of this economics, to see what in our chain, what is the ecosystem is, and then make a decision based on that after we have seen uh, it and it's time tested in a way, so to speak. I know this doesn't exactly answer the question, uh, but hopefully sort of paints some picture on it. And uh, if anybody else has anything to add, uh, please go ahead.
0: I think I I have the feeling we, we're gonna have to learn a lot on the way in putting all these things really into a working product. Uh, I think all the puzzle pieces are there and we know theoretically how they work and we see the code in the background is fully functional and the user interface is more or less ready to go. But all these fine tuning things, I think there's gonna be a very steep learning curve that we, can, that we see how can we influence the things and how can we move it in the direction where we want to be. And uh, I think there is no right or wrong from the very beginning. I think we have to learn and improve the system over time, step by step, right? Because this is something completely new. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't expect to, I mean, guys, I've got highest highest expectations and, and, and you've got my highest trust on all these things. But I think we're just going to have to make adjustments on the way and see how we can influence it and push it in the direction where we think it's the right way to see. How do you see this, Yusin?
2: No, yeah, that's, that's precisely we we have to take this one step at a time. So we build all the pieces now, build all the me- mechanics, and we have to see how it behaves. And that also drives. That also helps to drive the next part of the uh, evolution of, of all of these on chain. Because when it when it gets fully on chain, it's out of our control. Mm-hmm. Like no one, like yeah, it's out of a council control. No one's able to control it. If, uh if something goes wrong the algorithm algorithm feedback it's it's problematic or we make some wrong assumption then it's completely uh like it, yeah it, you can't you can't do a emergency like increase of interest rate or anything like that so you have to put in a proposal and then you have to vote for it and it takes time to 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 get uh, to get uh effect yeah
0: absolutely and that's why i think this this in intermediary stage before we go all full in fully automated fully on chain governance this is going to be a very crucial part where we have to learn a lot and then to put everything in place that it then runs really like kind of flawlessly after and that's yeah one
2: great example i wanted to add is that like for example like DFIP voting mm -hmm. and the cfps we have run that for multiple voting rounds now and we know very confidently how it works and how it behaves in the community. So that will definitely be the first part of on-chain governance that will be uh, will be backed in uh, on the next updates on on if chain. So uh, even on-chain governance, so it will it will be uh, incrementally more and more decisions and more and more uh, algorithm, uh, more and more decisions that can be baked in into into the consensus part. But obviously, like, for example, like CFPs, all of that is so so it's so clear now how the process works. So it will be, it will be started with that. And then as we, as the technical council also see and the community understands how the loan works, then more and more of that decision can also be picked into the uh, on-chain governance as well.
0: Yeah, that, 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 that's a very example, a uh, very good example, but it took us about a year, right. To really become confident with the CFPs and all the process in the background. So yes. I think, Everybody has to give us also now a couple of weeks, a couple of months to be more confident with this new product before we can let go and send it out into the space and make it fully automatic. I think that's, that's very important. It cannot happen just tomorrow, right? Yep.
1: Okay. Okay. Maybe one last question, not related to the, to the assets and loans, uh, which is coming in the community several times, also on the news show what's about the atomic swap <laughs> any oh, updates yeah. any status information is, is it saying, coming in future
4: <laughs> yeah so as much as i want to push it out early but we only have so much resources so i think i think especially we wanted to focus on the decentralized load so actually we move too much of our resources to decentralize, decentralized loans that we don't have uh, much progress since the last time we spoke yeah so, the, the actually is the same. So, like, whatever we say, like, how we're going to build it is the same. I think most of the communities, you can actually see the transaction. People to use like CRI, but the CRI is hard to use. Yeah. But it's not as easy as it is to build the UI. So, we're taking a bit more time on that.
1: So, but it will come in future. So, you're working is just a priority issue.
4: Yeah. So, uh, you moved the it it back it it will it will be a very, it will be very it will be a very important component because i think what makes the defi chain ecosystem is we have the dex to swap uh, yeah. but the icx provided another way for you to swap outside of the defi chain uh, okay. ecosystem directly with the decentralized like tesla so that will come but we were going to work oh. on that right after the decentralized loan. yeah because i think most of the resources was just Focusing on that, yeah. So once we move into the decentralized loan release, then and the desktop uh light wallet release, then and, and moving to the full not light wallet release, then that will come together when we push out the desktop release.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. So long talk today yeah. one and
0: a half hour nearly. <laughs> we never make uh, it in one hour that was was a plan a that bit. would fail from the very beginning <laughs> yes Yosin.
2: sorry yes, so I want to interrupt a little bit I think there are some questions from the from the Twitter space is well I want to get to them because I I ask in Twitter if anyone okay. wants to have any okay. questions so I just want to make sure they answer answer them as well wait let, let me read the uh, the chat right now uh so just want to make sure that i that we take on as many questions as possible so super duper is asking about uh two product related so will i be able to see how many tokens i buy uh when when you do a dex uh before a swap and the second question is how can i delete unused address from my wallet maybe uh forcing maybe you can cover these two sorry so one is first is how uh, when 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 you use a Dex, how can I see? Uh, how do I know how many tokens I get? And the second part is, can I delete any unused address for my wallet?
4: Okay, I guess that that question comes on the full wallet because the deleting of address is not a feature that we have on our live wallet yet. So yeah, so I don't have answer for that because we wanted to focus more on the new uh, tooling that we have to move to the new environment. So once we move to a new tooling yes the new uh address systems okay this is actually very tricky so if actually you look at the code in the the address system once you own an address you can't really delete an address because it's part of your entire uh, hierarchical keychain so even if you want to delete it but if there's a transaction that happens in it and fill up that address it will still becomes part of your address so the only way to actually delete an address in the sphere has actually moved to another mnemonic seed, because that's how the uh, mnemonic seed works. But about the DEX, so I, I, if you have saw our other reports, we're actually working on uh, the product side to index the transaction of the sort at the exact price that happened. So especially when you look at um, automated market maker. You don't know the transaction until the transaction gets added to the transaction block. And then the sequence itself determines the price. So we are working on indexing the price deterministically that happens within each transaction. Yeah, So that will come pretty soon. And that was already uh, in the uh, pull request that we created. But we just, again, we were so excited to work on a decentralized loan that we focused focus on a decentralized loan for the past few weeks.
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for seeing. Yeah. Like um, the the atomic storm is taking a little lift up a break right now because uh, the the goal is to to get the client out for decentralized loan. Um, yeah, so on the Twitter space, um, I just want to quickly cover this. <laughs> Sorry, it's quite long. Just want to make sure I recover all these questions. Uh, so Lucas, uh, it's asked on Twitter. Uh, Lucas Osterheider. hopefully I don't read that name wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, how will loans and stocks token appear on a mainnet directly after the upgrade? Will they be directly available via GUI for the first few days, or only through CLI? So, um, so the idea is that after the hard fork uh, is successful, the ticker council will start to convene, and then uh, we'll decide on an initial uh, um, listing of the tokens, but it should not be started before the GUI is ready. So that, like it, otherwise it's only like the developers or the, the, the more technical people are able to get them. So that's gonna be, not, that's not gonna be cool. So it should be able to uh, open up for everyone at the same time uh, with the uh, GUI wallet ready. Yep, and there's also a question on roughly the timeline. So. I think Fusin covered that on his talk, which will be on mid November. Uh that's the target right now for light wallet. So which means that we uh, if the if the upgrade is successful for uh in the coming weeks, then uh the light wallet uh it's expected to be uh, I means targeting mid November to be ready. So we'll then start uh when, once the light wallet is done. Um let me see. Yeah, I think that's roughly it, I guess. Yep. Hope I don't miss any questions.
3: So, uh, yep. yeah, maybe I can just take. Uh, I've been seeing, uh, yeah, looking at the community. I think stock splits are something that kind of repeatedly right. came up in the community. Yep. Good point. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the way that we've been thinking through that uh, is, uh, you know, essentially. We've been trying to, uh, I think it sort of ties back into how we are thinking through everything else in terms of knobs that we can move around as we learn. Stock splits is one, a very important problem, but at the same time, from a technical implementation point of view, it's a straightforward problem to solve. There are a few different mechanics through which we can use it. We can either rebalance it, or we can use utilize something like oracles, uh, which changes the multiplier. So there are multiple ways to do it, and each of them are fairly straightforward, but I think the we want to sort of step back and ask the question as to how do we want to approach it on the ecosystem as we see how these are being used. And so because of that, we consciously took the decision not to address it at all at this point. What that means is, if that happens, the ticker council will ensure. Okay, you know, if if such a scenario happens, one it's uh it's it's going to be it's it's not you know it's something that happens immediately right it's so a stock splits it takes usually there is a like this fairly good interval amount of time where you know it's a week or two weeks or so usually on an average basis that you have so before that the way that the backup way for us is we will utilize the multipliers meanwhile while the tickle critical council can decide that we'll use the Oracle multipliers but meanwhile as we dig in a little bit more we want to see how which of the dynamics is right, right one to use on-chain, because variety of different, folks have tried some of these aspects, but it's still, you know you never know, is that the right way once we go automated on-chain, right? And once you, once you do it on-chain, there's no like, turning back, right? It's gonna be very difficult to do it. Uh, so that's the reason we are taking a small pause on it. And let's that's, that's have a manual knob there. We'll control it meanwhile, and then let's learn as we go. And then, at that point in time, when we are fairly confident in the economics of it, at that point, we'll utilize one of the straightforward implementations to go ahead with that. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there, is there anything that you'd like to add there, using? But yeah, I think it was a very uh, important question.
2: No. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Prasanna, for picking that up. Yeah, it's it's something that we. Uh, um, I mean, I forgot about that question a bit. Yeah, that's a very important one. So. Like eventually, when the the ideal goal when we have it on chain is uh, that like the the masternode DAO, uh, for lack of a better term, can then decide on let's say there's a stock split that's going to be proposed uh, that that's going to happen in in the, in the real world in about let's say two months from now, then the masternode DAO can then put in a uh, a proposal to to also initiate a stock split, stock split as well uh, on the decentralized side. But like Prashana said, like all oh, this is not available right now on chain. So um even ticket council can't do it right now. So there is there has to be a other method. If it happens so quickly over the next like let's say one one or two months, then the way they probably gonna have to work is that the ticket council will then say, Okay, the price feed has to have some sort of multiplier to uh to, to bring up the uh, to bring up or to bring down the price of the of the of the stocks token that we have on chain. For example, if there's a stock split off of let's say Tesla token into into two in in real world, then the price that we that we have on uh, on DeFi chain will probably have to be uh, a double uh, on 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 what the market sees to to probably reflect that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the the one bit that I would probably add is, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's it might be more fruitful to be patient there is we also want to see what the other chain dynamics are because at the end of the day once you get multi-chain capability right so now it becomes a suddenly it becomes an important factor are you multiplying the prices or do you actually split the prices and depending on how the other chain is going to see that you will have to cooperate with all of these so uh you know it, that, i think that's going to be a little bit more interesting as well so it'll be nice if we can see all of that and learn from that before we just rush into a solution and say, hey, you know, like Here, here's how we handle stock spots.
0: Okay. Good point. Yo, any other questions or are we pretty much okay, let's, done? Let's take the last today. few
2: quickly before we end it. Uh, so SP is asking how will dividend be paid out. Uh, these are not, uh, security. So there are no dividends to be paid out. There are no stocks backing it. There's no dividends to be paid out only, only a price, uh, tracker that, that even that there's no guarantee that this token is going to be traded in actual price because it all depends on the, on the decks and also the supply and demand. So, right. uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Can we buy the good stocks token to kick Okay. Okay, that I are not going to take D5 question over here. Um, and... I'll take I think the question that, on awesome. uh,
4: Julian S. The... Currently, I cannot get all my transactions with the Light Wallet for tax purpose. So how could I get a history of rewards transaction, also including loans and stocks from the Light Wallet? So extending upon the Light Wallet design, we are going to uh, feature the ability to look at votes, addresses, history, all directly on scan itself. So that feature will not have to live on the wallet, you can live on the DeFi scan, and that applies to the exporting too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Great. So
4: yep.
2: I think that's all that we have. Also,
1: that all a long session, a lot of stuff presented. Cool. And uh, I think the most people outside are looking forward to it. Yeah? Also, a comment was uh, three more weeks. I can't wait. <laughs> So they want to use it now. So, um,
0: so that's yeah, actually that's that actually means that was the last tech talk with Yusin and with Fusion and Prasanna before the big launch. Um, the next one is gonna take part after <laughs> the launch. So we're gonna have a nice recap and post hopefully not post-mortem discussion but <laughs> what what happened what went well and a little bit a uh, discussion on the happenings of over the last weeks hey guys s- thank you so much for coming thanks for all the great work that you put in we we can't wait to see the work in progress like really having it in our hands and playing around with it and, and working with it um, we're gonna we're gonna report anyway the next uh, news shows about the next changes but I think this was a super super great update to see or to show the community out there what's cooking and what's like really hot and uh, in the making Uh, everything went well even the dress code worked out very well only DC um, didn't get the memo I guess so it was dark today there was a certain reason for it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Th- thank you very much guys Yusin, Fushing, Brasana, DC, thanks for coming thanks for spending the time with all of us and hey you guys out there thanks for the great questions for your interest and uh, yeah stay tuned, a lot of super exciting things coming the next couple of days and weeks and with that said, have a nice evening have a nice day wherever you are see you next time, thank bye you bye. so much and bye bye